Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, this is Daniel, and welcome back to another episode of In Doubt. And I'm joined today by Andy Steiger. He's a friend of the show. You may know the name. And uh, if you live locally in British Columbia, especially, you'll know his ministry with Apologetics Canada, not just in BC, but they're, you know, all across Canada, they're running conferences and all sorts of things like that. But today we're talking about questioning Christianity. And we're looking at various different questions people ask about Christianity, questions about Jesus, questions about the Bible, uh, about the church. And so hope you'll listen in and enjoy. Hey, this is Daniel Markin with In Doubt. And today I'm joined by longtime friend of the show, president of Apologetics Canada, Andy Steiger. Thank you, Daniel. What a privilege to be with you today. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. It's so good to have you back. I feel like we haven't talked in a while. Um, for those listening, Andy has been a mentor of mine over the years. He taught me everything I know. I was an intern under him and then I studied my master's and he was one of my academic advisors, pastoral advisors. And all the while, he was also running Apologetics Canada and I got involved in a little bit of Apologetics Canada stuff with him. And so we're super happy to have him on because he speaks to young adults. He speaks to the current issues going on in our culture. And just to toot Andy's horn a little bit, a lot of the stuff that he was talking about with Apologetics Canada, his research, things that he was mentioning like three, four, five years ago, I remember in particular at a staff meeting, Andy, you were like, hey, something come down the pipe is something called transhumanism. And basically you just talked about that for a little bit and it went over everyone's heads. Everyone had no idea what it was. Well, sure enough, here we are five years later and this is like a real discussion about things like transhumanism and we could go on, but your ministry has been always looking ahead and speaking to those issues and i've been super thankful and happy about that and maybe let me ask you this what is you know your adventures with apologetics canada what does that look like in the past year where have you been and then uh what are you looking forward to here in, in the future well first of all thanks again daniel to be with you this is great you and i had a great run and i always enjoy opportunity to ministry with you but with regards to apologetics canada it has been uh, a wild ride of of God's blessing. We just have been so busy in a good way, getting ever more opportunities to share the gospel all over the place. And, and it's like, it's a blessing, but it's also a challenge because we have to constantly be thinking about what's the best use of, of our time and, and resources as we seek to um, tell people across Canada about the, about the wonderful hope that we have in Jesus. So uh, like, so we didn't, we didn't count it up this year. We probably should have, but like even during COVID uh, we did 90 speaking engagements uh, in one year with Apologetics Canada. Wow. And, and every year it's just kind of ratcheted up, you know, ratcheted up a, a, a little bit more. And, and this year has been no different. We've been very busy and intriguingly this year, you know, now that things are opening up more and we're traveling more, uh, did a speaking engagement from Hungary through Romania, all the way to the border of Ukraine. Uh, that was probably a, a highlight for me, uh, getting to share the gospel across Romania and just seeing God at work in in Europe and just being being encouraged in that way uh, was was probably a highlight for me. But we've had lots of lots of things going on. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware of Apologetics Canada, we tend to 
we do we do uh, a variety of things from you know sharing the gospel, but we also engage in academic conversations, both at the lay level and at the highest level. So, for example, you might find this one interesting, Daniel. But I spoke at the World Congress on Philosophy of Law, challenging some of the stuff that's going on here in Canada, particularly around MAID, which is what's MAID, uh, medical assistance in dying. And particularly, there are some new uh, changes coming to that uh, law in March, allowing for people with mental illness to access made and, and other things. And so I I spoke out on it. I wrote on it. And the article I, I wrote is being peer reviewed currently for the Canadian Supreme Court Law Review. So kind of gives people a, a taste like we're all over the place doing all sorts of stuff. And I, I feel privileged to be a part of it. So good. And lots of stuff obviously coming up. You run a number of conferences and for people, you know, across Canada, right? Like I, I know Projects Canada conference often has been in BC, but you also have one in Ontario and then Saskatchewan. Did I hear Saskatchewan this year? That's right. Yeah. In fact, thanks for bringing that up. We'd love to see anybody who's interested. We'll be out in Saskatchewan in February 10th and 11th. Then we're in British Columbia and that will be our 11th conference that we've we've done out here. That one is uh, the first weekend in March, the third and fourth. And then there's an Ontario one that's coming and that that's uh, that'll be in November of next year. But if though if there's anybody listening to this, that's interested in coming out. We would love to see you out at those conferences. And it's exciting, by the way, Daniel might be interested to know, like the interest in these conferences have never been greater, particularly the B.C. one. You know, we every year we've we've sold that conference out and this is looking to be uh, another year like that. The interest level has been quite high. And just for those listening to the one thing that I've always appreciated about Politics Canada is the conferences are very affordable. Like there's some conferences you're like, oh, my goodness, it's $200 for my ticket for the weekend. And you guys keep that really low, like a college student, high school student can afford that. Um, and so I've always appreciated that. And all that info obviously can be found on your website. But what we're going to talk about today is questioning Christianity. And a lot of your ministry, right, you started off in coffee shops, talking with people, and they would bring questions about Christianity. And, you know, that's kind of, I think, where some of your heart was for launching Apologetics Canada. There was young adults leaving the church. And, and so that's how you kind of got into that. But you would recently taught or, or had an open kind of forum at Norfew, correct, where you for five weeks were discussing and, and just offering up discussion around five different questions and you called the thing questioning Christianity. And so what I want to do a little bit today is uh, maybe begin to look at some of those, but we'll, we'll start with this first one. Let's call this session one. Okay. Why don't you give me like a brief, give me in 30 seconds, what is the Christian story? And then can you begin to tell, talk to us about what were some of the other responses people gave around that question? Like, what is, what is their experience of the Christian story be, uh, been? How have they perceived it? How have they maybe been affected by it? Or has it been difficult for them? Because people grow up in different denominations. And they, like, might even hear in different churches, different teaching, the, a different Christian story uh, than, than what would actually be the true Christian story. So how do you understand what is, in brief 30 seconds, the Christian story? Okay, before I get into my brief, uh, 30 second, what is the Christian story? <laughs> uh, let's just talk about that for a second, because I think there's two things that are interesting about that question, Daniel. One is that a lot of people 
perhaps have heard the Christian story, but it's a quite different thing to hear something than to put something in your own words and verbally communicate right. that. And and so I would just encourage people who are listening to this, maybe if you're alone in your car sometime or, you know, you're just driving somewhere, just just verbally, you know, in your your own words, tell the Christian story in 30 seconds, you know, like, what would you say sort of idea? And it might actually be more difficult than you think in that people in general just aren't used to doing that. Yeah. So that that would be my first point uh, in that. Just something to think about. And the second thing is when you're telling the Christian story, this is this is such an interesting point that that you're bringing up, Daniel, because even you said, you know, people may have heard a different story. And and this is kind of an interesting aspect of the Christian story, particularly when we're thinking about the gospel. And that is when you look at Jesus and you look at the different ways that he shares the gospel, he uses a multiplicity of ways to get at the Christian story. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he? Absolutely. He'll use, and it really depends upon who his audience is. He'll use farming. He'll use construction. He'll use fishing. He'll use finance. You know, he he will use religion. He'll use whatever it like seems to be around him or whatever he thinks his audience is going to be able to connect to. I one time listed it out all the different ways, you know, that he kind of shares it and it's huge. Um, so I think there's something to be said to that, that people need to appreciate that there is some flexibility. There's some uh, creativity in how you're telling the story and what you're going to highlight in that story. And this is something that I talk about at crushing Christianity. So when I give that initial story i tend to i tend to use purpose as my uh centerpiece if you will my focal piece of i'm going to tell you the christian story and i'm going to do so from the perspective of purpose what is god's purpose in the universe in creation what is god doing here but but as you know i could come at that christian story from a different like focal point i could come at it from sin I could come at it from forgiveness, you know, I could come at it from from many, from many vantage points, uh, friendship, family, you know, whatever, reconciliation of all sorts. But let's so but what I like to use is I as I tend to like to start, particularly when you're dealing with people that are new to Christianity or that are, are, are having questions, I tend to like to use purpose as my focal point because it tends to help tie in different questions that they might have or give them a a, a view of things that is maybe a little more clear because I'm 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 often surprised how people will be very reductive in their understanding of the Christian story and they'll want to reduce it to that focal point only uh, am I being consent yeah you are well I think that focal point oftentimes will just boil it down to Jesus died for our sins and that's that's when I hear all the time what's the Christian story what's the gospel well, Jesus died for our sins. And you and I, well... Or, or you need to invite God into your heart or yeah, something like that. Yeah, totally. And those are, that's true. Like, he did die for our sins. But I think to, to have a more robust view of what that story is can be super helpful in grounding us more in, in, than just like, a, well, Jesus saved me from my sin. Like what you're getting at, which is, well, he actually gives us a purpose to live for. Not just saving us from something, but saving us to something. So maybe give me a quick 30 seconds as you describe it, purpose. What would, yeah, so here's my third. Yeah, give me your pitch, elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's how I often will, will talk about the Christian story. I'll go all the way back to the beginning that God, that Christians believe that God exists and that God created the heavens and the earth and that 
God's purposes in creating. And in fact, one of the things I talk about is that an act of creation is an act of purpose. The two are synonymous. And that as God is creating, right, as he's acting out his purpose, the why behind what he's created, we see that, like, if you will, the camera angle begins to focus not on the universe, not on earth, not on life, but humanity, that that humans are why God's creating this universe. Like, uh, He, God is creating people for a purpose, and that purpose, as we see in Genesis, and you see this throughout the Bible, is that that purpose is for relationship. God has created people to be in relationship with himself and to be in relationship with one another. And that this is ultimately what it means to be human. And this is what it means to flourish as a human. And one of the reasons I bring this up is because we never define a thing by its parts. We always define a thing by its purpose. Uh, Give me an example. Whether that be like I have a cup in my my hand right now. And you could ask me, hey, Andy, what is that? And I'd never say it's glass, right? Or reduce it to silicone and sand and, you know, the minerals that make it up. I would say, oh, it's a cup. It's a vessel. Its purpose is to hold water, which is what I'm drinking. And that's how we define it. We don't define it by its parts. We define it by its purpose. And the same is true of what it means to be human. It's particularly from a biblical perspective and that we were created for the purpose of relationship with God and relationship with one another. Now, the story then of Christianity is that purpose being broken by evil and sin. That relationship has been broken. Our relationship with God has been broken. Our relationship with one another has been broken. Our relationship with our planet has been broken. And you and I are living in the midst of brokenness. But then the story that you know we get into with regards to Christianity is that God hasn't given up on, on us in that relationship. He hasn't left it broken, but that he has worked to intervene on our behalf, that he might reconcile us back into relationship with himself and into relationship with one another. And so this becomes this arc of the Christian story that begins in relationship. It gets broken, but God brings that back to restoration in the end. So the story ends the same way it begins. And this ultimately then focuses away from us. The Bible begins to focus on, of course, God, and particularly Jesus, that he is the one that is going to reconcile us, that's going to restore us back into right relationship with God and people. So with that story, why do you think that story is compelling? Here's here's what I think is interesting about it. First, everybody is looking for purpose in their lives. We are, you know purposeful creatures looking for purpose, if you will. And and this is where things get interesting is we will try to find purpose in so many things that don't fill us, that don't, that don't uh, satisfy. And Daniel, the thing that I find really fascinating about this is that people, all people understand what really matters in life. The question is, is how long will it take them to see it? Because you'll, it's so funny. Whenever you talk to somebody that had a near death experience, what do they think about? You know, what was their vision, right? It's never, man, I, Daniel, I had this near death experience and man, I just was thinking about my car and how much I love my car and mm-hmm. I got to spend more time with my car. You know, no, no, people never say that. And I've, as a pastor, I've spent a lot of time with people in ICU. And my time going into these ICU units, I have never seen somebody with, you know, that's been like, hey, man, can you get my diploma so I can put that on my wall in here? Yeah. And, you know, can you bring in my shoe collection? <laughs> a picture of my house. Nobody does that. Yeah. And here's what I noticed as a pastor for 20 years. Everyone's the same. 
when you get close to death, you hone in on what really matters. Everyone in those situations surrounds themselves with God and people, period. And the question that I'm challenging people with, particularly in questioning Christianity or any, any of the work I'm doing, is if you know that's actually what really matters in life, then why don't you live that way now? Why do you got to wait until death's door to figure it out? And ultimately, I think that it's written in our hearts. The Bible talks about this. Paul talks about this in Romans. And the question is whether or not you and I want to act on that. And you, and then we realize that if we're going to, we're going to need help. And ultimately, this is where Jesus comes in. And he can help us to fulfill the purpose that we were created for, community. Absolutely. And we as Christians believe that all of this is centered on Jesus, which would bring us to then session two, right? Which is, you know, questioning the life of Jesus. And maybe let me ask you this. As you think about the person of Jesus, what do people find compelling about Jesus? But then on the other end, what do people find confusing about Jesus? I think people are compelled by Jesus's love and his commitment to relationship. I think it's refreshing that this is a guy who loves God and he loves people and he never loses sight of God and he never loses sight of people all the way to his death. And this is one of those moments where for me as a Christian that I'm like, man, I love Jesus so much because I have come to realize, I think maybe this is the heart of discipleship, come to realize that I'm not Jesus, that, that, that I suck and that I need Jesus in my life. And, and that God loves me and wants to be a part of my life. And, and that through him, I can be like him. And I want to be like him. And maybe some people that are listening to this, you just need to hear, you need to hear this. Maybe some of you, you just need to hear that you suck and that you can't save yourself and that you need help. And Jesus is, is there and he is ready and willing to, to come into your life and to, and to help you. However, I think, Daniel, there's other people that need to realize that although, yes, we, we can suck, God loves you. And, and so it's kind of like, perhaps we would say you, um, you're not as bad as you think and you're not as good as you think. <laughs> you know, that you have been created in the image of God and that, that, that God um, loves you and desires that you would be in community with him and with one another and that you are of incredible value, so much value, that Jesus died for you, that you could be reconciled back to him, to back to God, that you could have a relationship with God, a right relationship with God, and a right relationship with people through him. So it's kind of like this balancing act of realizing that Jesus is, is amazing, you know, and that you that and that you need Jesus, but that God thinks you're amazing and loves you. So it's Christianity is unique in that, don't you think? Like it's this constant like balancing act where you're pulling back and forth on these two realities. Yeah, it's at both times like super humbling. Like you're humbled by how brutal we are, how pathetic we are, and yet we're overwhelmed by how loved we are. Like and despite all that, and that's the the the, the kingdom, the gospel. So often it's, it just feels so upside down in those things. Where it's like, in order to attain the kingdom, you got to get low, right? You have to get low. You got to humble yourself. And sometimes God will humble you. To, like, it's it's so interesting, right? And what does he do to the proud? Well, he'll strike down the proud. And it and it's just, it, so those things are always flipped. And I always find that interesting, especially because 
and, and I really resonated with, I think, um, I think a lot of people right now just feel like they suck. And they're just told that there's so many problems and most of the problems are you, um, in particular young men, right, is something where it's just like yeah. you're, you're the issue with society. And I think young men need to hear, yeah, but you could be a complete and like through Christ, a, a force for good and his kingdom that you could never have imagined. And I like talk about purpose. I think that's Jesus invites us into that journey of not just like and and. The thing too, I think people are missing often in Christianity is like, we'll, we'll approach it, life with Jesus, and we'll be like, it's all up in heaven one day. But it, we're, we're missing out on the fact that Jesus had a very physical life in this world and did a lot of physical things in this world. And we, in turn, have a physical life in this world. And he requires us to do a lot of physical ministry in this life. And so um, there's an invitation to do work and for him. You know, that's a great segue, actually, into that second part of the question you're asking me is, what do people get confused or struggle with Jesus? And Daniel, I think this is the part where they struggle with him, is because Jesus talks a lot about, he warns people a lot, particularly about hell. And so it almost kind of throws you off when you're reading him, because you're like, here's this dude that loves people like crazy, and he's such a refreshing, amazing person, right? But then he, why does he keep talking about hell? And and what I think people don't appreciate often about Jesus is that Jesus is bringing up something that he doesn't want for you, right? So like Jesus is constantly calling you into a life of flourishing and like any good person, right? He's constantly warning you about what's going to lead to your destruction. And so there's these two things. And, and I think this is something difficult for us, particularly in this this culture in which we're constantly getting preached these sermons by by secular society that you need to do you if you want to have the best you know if you want the best life and you know and if you want to be totally fulfilled then do whatever you want to do you know and whatever that is sexually or whatever it is just do that thing and that's going to bring you fulfillment and and it's like well how many stories do you have to hear of people that have ruined their lives that have gotten to the end of that pathway of themselves that lead them to rock bottom in complete destruction until they realize that that will never do. And then what does Jesus do, right? He Well, he tells you stories about the prodigal son, right? Where the this son who's got this great dad, but the son gets caught up in that idea, right? Oh, there's something, something better out there. So he goes and spends all of his inheritance to do all those things that he's being told will lead to his flourishing, but it leads to his destruction. And then he finds himself you know, at rock bottom going, I need to go back to my dad. And and Jesus is saying, man, God loves you so much that you can go back. You can go back to your dad. Like you you can come back. Um, that forgiveness is available to you. And maybe there's some listening to this. You just need to hear that. Like God loves you so much. He's willing to forgive, to reconcile back with you. And this, this Daniel, is something I've been thinking a lot about. And, you know, I'm not wondering your thoughts on this that I can't help but feel like we need in the 21st century to to just, especially as Christians, do like have like a Jesus anthem on play in the background, like nonstop, that, that's just, you know, Jesus is enough. You know, it's kind of like, it's like a drumbeat because we constantly get caught into all these other things that, you know, something else will be enough. Oh, sex will fulfill me. It'll be enough, right? 
and, and it's like we need to the, this like repenting moment where we turn away from whatever has caught our attention and come back to this foundation that no no, no jesus jesus is enough jesus talks about this in matthew 7 and he has how he ends his, his sermon on the mount right he, he says two types of people in the world the wise and the foolish and the wise person builds their life on me i'm the solid rock uh, i'm enough and and you will be able to weather the storms of life and with that invitation too um is an invitation to change and i think because like people will be looking to things not just like to consume but then we'll get in our head be like well i want to be a force for good so how do i you know improve myself self-help self-improvement people go to conferences they'll go to workshops all that stuff right with a good intent of trying to like improve themselves and what jesus offers in that is you believe in me you follow me i will begin to change you and make you more like me and that's a hard work but also like really exciting like that we could become more holy it's freeing well it's completely freeing because what you at that point you have nothing else to lose because you're you're never enough right and but you've you've got nothing else to lose you basically you come to the christ you say i got nothing i can't do this you do it and there's such a like that the idea of abiding in jesus there is such a release there that the more we give him, the, the greater our love and almost the greater support we feel from him. It's, it's crazy. Again, the more we give up, upside down kingdom, the more we give up, the more free we feel. It's just so bizarre. So I hope, I hope listeners are hearing this real quick here. Just that idea that you're, you're not enough. You know, if you're trying to make yourself into something, it's a never ending project. But Jesus is enough. It's kind of like back to that idea of you can try your whole life to try to make yourself into an image, or you can just accept that you've already been made in an image. And and you can rest in that, that you've been made in the image of God and you are enough. You don't need to do anything but receive it. Yeah. And and then trust him as he takes you on the ride. Because um, and I'm thankful that we we actually just kind of happened across just to be discussing this, because so often We'll just say Jesus is enough to someone as we're passing on the street. But like, I'm glad that we just even took two minutes to like, to actually nuance that a little bit and talk about what that can look like. But hey, we're out of time for this episode. But what we want to do is we want to do a part two with you. So if you're listening, uh, keep an eye out. I'm gonna we're gonna have Andy back on, and we're gonna continue our questioning Christianity here on part two of this episode. Hey, well, thank you again, Andy, for being on the program, and thank you for listening. I always find it an amazing time chatting with Andy. He's got so much knowledge and also communicates very clearly and simply, which I really appreciate about him. You'll be able to catch part two of this program in the coming weeks on InDoubt. Thanks again for listening, and a reminder, you can connect with us on social media. We'd love to chat with you and hear some feedback or maybe even some ideas for guests that you have. Thank you for listening. All the best. for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In Doubt is a ministry that exists to engage young people with biblical truth and provide answers for many of today's questions of life, faith, and culture. Through audio programs, articles, and blogs, InDoubt reaches out to encourage, strengthen, and disciple young adults. 
To check out all the resources of InDoubt, visit InDoubt.ca in Canada or InDoubt.com in the U.S. Or if you're in a position or share a passion for the ministry of young people, you can support the ongoing mission of engaging a new generation with the truth of the Bible. First, you can pray for this ministry. And second, and if you are able, please consider a financial gift by visiting InDoubt.ca in Canada or InDoubt.com in the U.S. Your gift of any amount is such a blessing and an answer to prayer. Thanks.